Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good Thursday. Good Friday. <laughs> good Saturday. Good Sunday. And shalom from our friends in Kazakhstan. This is Death Pixie, aka Clam Jammers, aka Crabsworth. I am here with Miri. And we are here to do something absolutely incredible. See, what you may or may not know about Clam Jammers and Miri is that Miri is a bit of a creative type, let's say. And she herself is working on a brand new, it's a blockbuster coming to Vimeo in 2023. It is the superhero movie to end all superhero movies. And trust me, with the way Disney's gone, we need something to end all superhero movies. The Extractors, and it's uh, the very definition of Clam Jammers, aka the half of the podcast I'm not a part of, the part of Kitsch in all its forms. Um, we are here to do a bit of a teaser for you and get some of the author, writer, director, producer, and all around god it. Mary wrote half of this stuff. Please welcome to the show the person I've already introed, so this kind of makes it redundant, Mary Witch. Oh god, I don't know if I can live up to the hype you've done. Yeah, I, I really haven't done much. Um, so... <laughs> We're going to go through this. Uh, I've got a few questions just with relation to extractors. If you guys are interested, again, take a look at our Vimeo. Um, look at Death Pixie. It's going to be coming out there. Uh, I do have the voices in it, so it's 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 fun. It's fun. The entire villain faction is just me riffing, which is great. Um, I, but I, I, I love how that you're so calm about this, and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God, no. Well, well, see, I don't have to do any of the, like, actual editing and directing and thinking to myself, oh, my God, will people like my crap? Uh, I'm yeah, like, you cool, just... I've done it. It's the thing I've recorded. I'm going to be doing more promotional stuff for it. Uh, so it's it's like a completely different stress level. You're also, like, I, ah! I give you, I give you like full creative freedom. <laughs> like you invented a a walk on character for this when we were yeah, Rodney. When we were in the virtual sound booth, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah, no. Um, actually, before I get started, do you want to talk about that? Because that was kind of funny. Oh yeah, so we did. Because um, you like to feed off of energy when you're riffing. Yes. And I gave you permission to riff. Yeah. Um, so you were like, okay, I'm gonna record this, but can we do a, a Zoom call? So the recording you're you're hearing in the thing is actually like what you recorded yeah, on your computer. So the really nice one. And then we have a bit of a blooper reel of, of me uh, where you can hear both of us. And it's mostly me laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's almost entirely what it is, is me laughing. Uh, but yeah, I was, you were going through a section of lines and you made this story for Chad that mentions a British bloke named Rodney. And in one of the takes, you just went, I can't do it. Hey. <laughs> and I lost my shit. And so I think you went to do another take and I was like, Rodney's staying. 
because <laughs> I I love this idea of a random character popping up with no explanation. You don't know how they got there. You don't know how they left the scene. Just <laughs> no explanation at all. Um, yeah, and that was the whole process of when you were recording your lines. I think the okay. the only difference was um, I asked you to do some filler work like the yeah. the um someone gagged and talking um, yeah. i think that was the only exception because you don't really need to rip for that you don't need no, my you energy just need to, you just need to like scream at the top of your lungs while it's, it's muffled by your hands yeah uh, how was the process for you getting like a, a, a real-time reaction to what you were doing um so full disclosure date my first time <laughs> um, but but that be that being said, uh, as an actor, I love I love riffing off of people, um, and I love feeding off of that energy and that emotion. If I want to go forward with a joke and go completely 120, 130, because thing is, I am a fairly stoic guy. If I'm off on my own and have nothing pressing or nothing urgent to do um so it's very hard to get that energy up unless a stressor comes in or unless a person comes in and plus it's live feedback on whatever you do like if you're if you're riffing for a while and then all of a sudden it's not funny you can look at be like okay wrap it up or change the joke or change the focal point there's a lot of different things you can do um but that that's for me anyway but enough about me um the people <laughs> want to know about the extractors yeah uh, and the people want to know about miri uh because we've had a lot of very crabsworth centric stuff up on clan jammers <laughs> and i think it's time we turn the tables a little bit and uh talk about miri the writer now for those of you watching at home I want to say to you right now, Miri's in the process of editing together the extractors. So some of the stuff you will hear here may not be in the final product. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> a bit of a dick about that. Um, so you can never tell um, whether or not she's telling you the truth or making it up as she goes. That's just the way life is, and you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, first question, though, Mary, is uh, what are or who are your writing influences when you were growing up? Well, when I was growing up, um, I'm a sucker for fairy tales. Like, I'll be honest, um, I am. Alison Baird was a big one um, for me, which is a... Um, a mix of fairy tales and then uh, the Narnia concept as well um, with yeah. uh, her hidden world stuff which is always good and then I happened to be reading it at a time where I was um, aging as she was aging characters in her different works so it kind of like carried through my teen years and stuff which worked out nicely um, we get into like uh, the more adult adult stuff um China Melville um, is a big one. I will never be the writer he is. I, I know that. I just don't have the attention to detail he does. Um, but he also does attention to detail in a way that's um, 
I don't want to say easy to follow, but the flow, you just get lost in it. And you can go for like several chapters, just enjoying the flow of his writing and everything like that. Uh, but he also does um, sex scenes in his books. And he also does really freaking weird ones where um, it'll be between like a human and some weird bug lady, but he'll write it in a way that it's the most beautiful, loving scene you could ever think of. And for those of you who know my erotic script writing, my audio erotica scripts that I've written, you'll see I do that a lot where I want to have something really weird. But at the same time, it confuses the audience like, oh, this is so stupid, but I'm so invested. And that's that's kind of what I always try to do. <laughs> well, was that your inspiration behind the sentient dick cheese? That was me taking that inspiration and dialing it up to 11, then putting it on crack. I was like, what is the most disgusting thing I can write and still make it entertaining? <laughs> So, yeah, I take the concept and then I run with it. Um, recently, though, it's uh, uh, T. Kingfisher. I really like her work um, as well. Uh, she doesn't do sex scenes, but her story writing is quite nice, as well as um, relationship building between characters, whether it's like acquaintances, friendship, um, anything like that, which is enjoyable. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so we know what inspired you to write Dick Cheese. But <laughs> what inspired you to write The Extractors? Oh, fuck. Um. Well, yes, that's in there. Wait, yeah, well, there is. That's, that's in there a lot. So I did once, twice, three times a Christmas, which was me being like, what if a Hallmark Christmas movie had sex in it? Um, and I tried to do uh, three different love stories that would typically happen at Christmas. You came on for that to be Howard. I came on for that to be Helen with cancer. That was the the running cancer. Joke. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's recovered from cancer because that the, in those movies, that's what all like there there has to be some kind of medical crisis with one of the parents, right? Or they're recovering from it or something. Uh, that was a lot of fun because everybody was being really serious and genuine with their performances. And then you came in and you're like over the top. And then I had to come in and bridge that. Yeah. Um, that was <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Um, this is what happens when you get no direction, folks, and you get your lines in before everybody else. Yeah. I, I, I specifically told you, do not read the rest of it. Yeah. And I think we got an awesome. I think it worked out really well. Personally, I think it worked out really well. Uh, so, yeah, so I did that. And then people started, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, that was a big one. That was like really big project. And so I was writing and I went back to, I think the first audio series I wrote was Anderson Reed. And I pulled the character Thomas from there. And I decided originally it was going to be a script series. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm writing a short story, which turned into a novella, a film noir inspired novella about Thomas, which intertwined all of these tales. And 
I think I had also finished writing The Dentist at that time. And the dentist series ends with this like Nighthawk guy showing up with wings who has like the screech of a hawk. So Thomas ended up becoming Nighthawk. And then from there, I was like, well, shit. Kim, <laughs> how, how many of these couples can I combine? Uh, I will admit it is a bit um, heteronormative, more heteronormative relationships than once, twice, three times a Christmas. Um, that's kind of how it happened. Uh, so what I did was I was like, I knew it was going to be Anderson Reed. I knew it was going to be Thomas and Pam. And because we have Pam, I knew we had to have Pam who made an appearance in the dentist, a silence appearance. I knew we had to have um, dentist who ended up being Sang and Cabello. And then I was like, wouldn't it be really funny if I added in a fourth couple um, from another series that was filled by this guy, Eli, who also did The Dentist? Because I thought it would be funny to have him talking to himself. So that's when I brought in The Neighbor, which um, that ended up being uh, Lewis and Riley ended up being the two characters from that so you end up with the four couples and then i needed a villain and i think i was talking to you and i was like what if i made feldman the villain and then that brought in um i believe the chad back when we shared a desk you yeah, used to do the chad <laughs> and we added the brick to the chad uh, uh, because we were like, nobody's going to buy an elderly woman as a villain. Yeah, so we, we got to have the muscle. So we got to have the muscle. <laughs> the, Chad, the Chad, um, how did the Brad happen? Because um, I know it had something to do with like, what is it? It's basically your best attempt at Batman. Somehow became the Brad. <laughs> Somehow became the Brad. It's so like it was your best attempt at Brad Batman, and then we named it the Brad. Yeah, I think you might have named it that. So yeah, so I interwove all of these things. Also, I remember people asking because at the end of the dentist, it, he says like, "Oh, I'm starting the Extractors Initiative." So I had inklings that I was going to do something similar. I didn't necessarily think it was going to combine all of these characters from across everything I've written. Uh, so, yeah, it just it came out of me wanting to challenge myself. Plus, I felt like I'm going to do a big project one final time, a big audio project, I should say, one final time, did a Christmas movie so i guess summer blockbuster it just makes sense like <laughs> it makes sense so that that's that's how that happened so what was it like working with the actors on this project uh, whether it be myself uh this guy eli shore uh how much of themselves were brought into the characters um so i'm a very hands-off person uh so Shore was, I, I need to thank Shore because uh, she was the one who took care of um, kind of final casting because um, some people came back. So um, the Huntsman was 
read all the time and and they came back for that uh this guy eli was um uh in the neighbor and the dentist and so he came back for that uh you obviously created feldman um i didn't create feldman you created feldman i created feldman you gave gave feldman Feldman like an you gave Feldman a whole life. Um, so obviously you're coming in for that, obviously. Yeah. So with the other voices, I had a couple people in mind, uh, some of whom couldn't do it. Um, and then Shore took on kind of open casting because it was very concerned about people having time for this. Um, so Shore took on open casting and did a casting call and shortlisted people for me. Uh, and then from the shortlist, I casted from there based on kind of like the sound of the voice and stuff like who who would fit where uh so some require very little direction um oh shoot i can't remember usernames off the top of my head if i haven't spoken to people um i i will admit as i'm editing right now uh the person who did cabello i think i gave one direction once of like oh no it's like it's a it is over the top you're kind of dialing it to 11. um so cabello and sang sang being this guy eli um uh they just dial it to 11 and i didn't realize until i started editing how ridiculous their dialogue is it is so ridiculous and they go to 11 and they go hard all the time like they are that obnoxious couple and it works so well so very very little direction um again i'm sorry i forget about uh people's names i do have to hand it out to um the person who did anders because um they were very spot on with giving different takes each time um they also left in all of their outtakes, which was delightful. I got to hear them giving themselves pep talks and stuff like that, which is why I'm singling them out right now, because I got to hear all of that. And I was like, this is so cute. And you're just too adorable. Uh, which then further made me be like, OK, so you're perfect for this character. Awesome. Um, Carter and Thomas, they worked well together, uh, which is um, those characters are hard to do. Uh, cause they're very serious characters. Um, they are, they are very much, um, they're the right hand people to their respective persons. So, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, both this guy, Eli and, uh, Huntsman, they just kind of come in like a wrecking crew. And I think it's because they know the characters. They just, they do it. Sure who's making sure who does um the other end of clam jammers with me um and is making her debut with this series and and advocated for the role and i'm very very happy that that she did she really advocated for the role um i worked with her this guy eli worked with her their scene partners so um this guy eli really helped her and we both can sing the praises of eli for two hours yes we can He's a generous scene partner, and he...
he understands uh, the way that um, you know your vision is supposed to be. That's that's the thing that I've always noticed about him anyway. Not yeah, and and he's very sincere, and he meets he meets everyone where they're at in the scene, and yeah. and uplifts them, and that that's what you want in somebody. Um, I'm sure we could easily turn this into the uh, this guy Eli gush fest for yes, two hours. Yes. Yeah, we can. Oh, we, we totally can. Yeah, uh, but moving on, um, you're the one who I got to work with more closely because you were like, I need someone to riff off of. And I think it's also because um, as much as I created Feldman, you brought Feldman to life. It's much like people are going to be like, how dare you be this pretentious to make this comparison? But we're we're very much um, with those characters, Feldman, the Brad, the Chad. It's very much similar to Sherlock Holmes, where it was uh, the actor and the author created the character that now we all have this vision of. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Such a pretentious comparison. Wow. We are the very, very off, 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 I, I, so I, I, off I, I, Broadway. Oh. We're in the ocean version of that. Oh, like man. so off Broadway. But that that's the thing is it was it's very much a uh, collaboration on those three characters. Yeah. Um, which is fun, because I, I think you're going to make me do something at the end of this, and that's going to be really hard, because I did let yeah. you... You had you were one of only two people who had editing privileges on my script. Oh, who's the other one? Uh, Eli. Aha, I figured. Eli... Eli. And to Eli's credit, Eli doesn't make any edits ever. Uh, he just has that because I know how he is about spelling and grammar. So I was uh, like, okay. I better let him be able to like do those corrections. Uh, but he he barely changes lines. Like he'll make contractions and stuff like that. But he he really runs with the material. Um, and like I said, Hunt does that as well. Um, but Hunt didn't have editing privileges. <laughs> Oh. But yeah, and you had editing privileges because it was like he he's gonna he's gonna add to this. He's gonna add just, to this. I'm he's gonna, gonna build this out. I'm just gonna build because I I, I I mean when it comes to the extractors, my heart is with the villains. Yeah, I I genuinely want these awful awful people. Even though the Brad and the Chad, they're they're not awful people at all. Uh, to succeed. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole exchange with Shores's character, uh, Riley, and the Brad in the chat explaining that they're not evil. No, no. <laughs> I'm a free venture capitalist or something like that. <laughs> he goes where the money is highest. Brad is a tortured soul. <laughs> It was uh, it's such a. By the way, that section is so was so hard for me to edit uh, because I kept laughing. It's just like um, if I try and do, I uh, sang in Cabello. It is so hard for me to do because it's so funny in the best possible way, and I didn't mean it to be funny either, which is just great. Yeah. Um, so what a lot of people don't know is um, for a lot of the audio series that have gone out that have been written by you, uh, a lot of them have been edited by our friend, this guy, Eli. Yes. 
this is the first one that isn't, as far yeah. as I'm aware. <laughs> um, what has that taught you about the editing process? Uh, so I did do minor, minor audio editing in my, my high school days. Yeah. Uh, you know, back before my my soul was blackened and all the, my hope was uh, taken from me. Uh, so uh, this is definitely um, it is a learning experience um, from conversations I've had with Eli. Uh, I did know certain things that would be longer to do. And from, you know, high volume jobs I've had, one of which I did with you. Yeah. Uh, I know the importance of uh, when people say streamlining, I find what they actually mean is you're applying uh, assembly line mentality to your work. So that's what I was doing. So I broke it up into three chunks to do the editing, um, with the first one being what was going to take the longest, which is that initial cut up. So I have to go through, cut everybody's lines and cut them in to each other approximately where they should be um, so that there's actually a conversation going on. Um, because obviously, I, I, while I was in the booth with you, um, there's a whole different person who's doing the lines you're responding to. Yep. And in some cases, whole entirely different people. So that all has to get spliced together, which is what I thought would take the longest. And trust me, it it did and is because I'm in the middle of everything editing. Um, and then to me, the fun part is I actually like doing Foley. I, I don't like looking for things, finding them, looping them and stuff. I would rather because to me, I'm like, it's a 10 minute scene. It is faster for me to collect items and do Foley and lay the track than it is for me to go out, find stuff. Um, that's in public domain, download, cut, loop, and all of that stuff. Um, and then it's go through everything with polish. So your sound levels, do I want background music, like all of that stuff. Um, it's a long process. Uh, the big thing I learned from Eli, though, was because Eli did once, twice, three times at Christmas, which was I can't thank him enough for that. Uh was he sat down and did it in 40 to 50 hours just straight yeah and i was like that is maybe if i was in my my early to mid 20s i could sit down and do that i don't have the uh, a don't have the time to do that now b i value my sleep a lot these days <laughs> so it, for me, it was sort of uh, learning, okay, how long does it take me to splice something together? Can I set aside an hour, two hours to do this? And just bit by bit, getting it done. Which I'm in the middle of right now, as you well know. Yeah, which is why it's not being, it's not being advertised as going out till the summer. Oh, exactly. Plus it's like yeah sure ideally i wanted to wanted it to come out at christmas but the more i think about it it's a summer blockbuster it's not a christmas it's not a christmas release that's what i'm saying it's not a christmas release um so looking in on the editing process and you've 
kind of alluded to this. How difficult is it for you to choose certain reads or certain takes? Uh, and which actor or actress have given you the most headaches while editing? Uh, so again, unless I've had conversations with people, I do not remember the cast list. And I apologize to everybody. Like, I'm sorry, that's me. Could I pull up the cast list right now? Probably, but I'm also yep. super tired as we're recording this. It's really easy. Yeah, it's really easy. It's not going to happen. Uh, and I apologize <laughs> to that. Um, it, when the, the whole thing gets posted, there's going to be like a whole shout outs and like me saying nice things to each voice actor or written and everything like that. But for now, you are your character names because I'm editing. So, Thomas... Like I said, the two rules I think were the most difficult were Carter and Thomas because they have to be legitimately serious. Um, they're also very solid in their relationship and very solid in who they are as people. So there's no drama, drama with them coming from any of that. So it's difficult to find the nuance in that. Um, they did a very good job at that, but I'm just saying recognizing the difficulties. With Thomas, some of the nuances were so slight. I'd be sitting there going between different takes being like, oh, which one has the right connotation? Like they both have different, slightly different connotations. Am I overthinking it? Is it something even the audience is going to notice? Like, who knows? So basically Thomas made you decide between your favorite child. Yeah, basically. Uh, who who else was... Uh, uh, Anders consistently gave me... Because um, you have a habit, uh, which is an awesome habit, of doing things two or three times. Yeah. So you do a line two or three times, unless you know you're on it. You're just like, no, no, I got this, I got this. Yeah. And then you'll just do a one take. Um, but you'll do it kind of three times, emphasizing different spots. Um, Anders, Anders is a quieter role and it's an introspective role and it's an emotional role. So Anders would give me three takes with kind of different levels of emotion for me to pick from. Uh, so it would sometimes come down to me being like also I could hear their self-commentary so I could hear them when they were like that's not a good take that's not a good take and then they do it that yeah that take that take so sometimes it is easy because I'd be like okay I'll make them happy <laughs> I agree with them I'll make them happy and other times it would be kind of like I completely disagree with you you nailed it on the first take <laughs> like in my brain um I think that this is going to be so removed from when it was originally recorded because uh, there was a gap when recording stopped. I went through like massive family stuff yeah. going on for several months. Um, so there was a, like a six month gap between when stuff, st four to six month gap between when the recording process stopped and when I was able to actually start editing because I... Yeah, you, you know yeah. more about that. I, 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 I know I know more about it. All I'll say is a um, couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, Crabsworth, you want to do some re-recording? Re-recording? We going to do this? Yeah. We going to do this! <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was, uh, I, I know that was exciting when you knew I was like, I actually had capacity to do things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're the most fun 
uh, to do takes from. You're also the fucking asshole to do takes from because you do think you're very consistent with your voices, but you also change inflection and emphasis, which changes the meaning. Yep. So it turns into me being like, what do I want this to mean? It's not as subtle as Thomas. And Thomas didn't do it very often with like two or three takes. Most of the time it was like, nah, in my mind, Thomas is like, I'm a one take person, nail it the first time, yeah. Um, with you, you can know you've nailed it and you'll be like, I'm gonna do it again for funsies or I'm gonna do it again trying the emphasis elsewhere. And I feel like that was your revenge on me for all the times I've left you cold in the snow flapping your flippers. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's e I'm sorry, that's one of the things as a voice actor I love to do, though. Is oh, yeah. Like, all right, that's a good take. Now let's have some fun. Yeah, and it's a pre... And to your credit, there were times when I was like, the fun take sounds so over the top. And then I'm like, no, no, it suits the character. We need it. We need it over the top. This is, this is perfect. I think there were... I think in the first scene that you're doing all three, I actually would splice together, like take one half with a take three or yeah. take two and splice them together uh which was fun which is why i stopped doing that because i'm thinking to myself oh my god this is going to be in a nightmare if you like <laughs> which is why i stopped doing it after a while because the more i thought about it the more i'm like oh shit no don't do that <laughs> uh, but it was it it's great though like it yeah. it's so funny how it changes the entire meaning of something but that that i think is the joy of the english language inflection changes everything yeah. uh which is probably why i have issues with languages where inflection changes um the word entirely not just the meaning, but the word entirely. That's probably why I have a problem with those languages. A personal, like, as in can't understand thing. Huh. So, yeah, that was a very long way of me doing that. Yeah. Um. But hey, now that the recording is done, is there anything you wish you could have done differently, uh, either from a writing or directing perspective? Um. bit of both, uh, which is... When I write, I tend to rely heavily on allowing the actor, actress to the performer uh, to bring their own style into it. Um, and I want that. I want that. I want to give freedom. Uh, but sometimes what I did notice is that um, when something should have been subtle, um, instead of making them guess, just put that kind of direction in the script itself. You didn't have to worry about this because nothing is subtle about your character. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, and also it's a... It has been a true gift to work with Eli and the fact that Eli just gets what I'm doing. And yeah. it has made me a bit lazier. As, as a writer in terms of uh, writer director in terms of giving direction in the script because I'm just like I'm so used to <laughs> I'm so used to I love that I say I'm so used to it's not that Eli and I don't work together a ton especially after he went to doing his own content on Patreon we don't work a ton ton anymore together which is fine it's bound to happen uh, but it's just hilarious that because of the experience of working with Eli so many times, I've just like, 
nah, they'll get it. They'll get it. I don't need to do this. I don't need to worry about that. It's fine. So it's definitely made me lazier, as I've discovered, uh, in the sense that I, I help the actors less <laughs> in my scripts when I'm writing. Yeah. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. Honestly, that makes way too much sense. <laughs> um, shifting a little bit and to probably a lot easier of a question for you, because the rest of this is just to relax you a little bit before I'm a total dick to you. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of about the extractors? Um... I know people who are especially used to the quality of Eli's work. Uh, yeah. They're probably not going to be of the same opinion of me as me. But I'm actually really proud of editing it. Even though I'm in the middle of the process, I'm actually really proud that like it's it's something that I'm doing. It's a uh, it's a project that I wasn't sort of hands off on. I actually got to like go in and I am do like doing everything and making these choices and stuff like that like that it's been fun for me to do that as as uh horribly hard as it is uh, but part of it is the entertainment factor and I'm actually proud about how much humor is there in in the project I don't think I've had that much humor in something um balanced with genuine sincerity and just ridiculous sex scenes. Like there's a sex scene yeah, on a motorcycle in this project, like, <laughs> which of course I gave to Eli, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that's like the, the big thing is actually editing this project. And yes, please do not compare me to this guy, Eli. I have less experience. And I also don't pay for subscriptions to things. So I have to do all of this either through Foley or finding free source sounds that I have to layer in. So yeah, that's, that's all I ask. Uh, <laughs> Just little old me, my little old project. Don't, don't listen to her. Judge her as harshly as you want. It'll be fun. She keeps the penguin down there. Um, Honestly, though, who is your favorite character and why? I fucking hate you. <laughs> I know, right? I can't pick. I can't. I can't pick. Um, I mean, there's always one really safe option that could piss off everybody. Oh, the dog, Bruce. Yeah, you can always pick Bruce. Bruce is always, like, to be honest, Bruce is always my favorite character. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bruce is always my favorite character. But if we want to go difficult, yeah. if we want to go difficult, um, oh, there are different characters I like for different things. Yeah. Um, I think Thomas and Carter were my favorite characters in the novella uh, Hawk and the Nightingale. Uh because that was like that was a big project for me in terms of style that was a challenge um so they're kind of my favorite characters from that novella i kind of i love them in this but also it's i it's that novella kind of has a piece of of my heart in there uh see it's gonna come it's 
In my head, it's screaming, it's a favorite couple. And I don't want to disappoint any characters, <laughs> any performers, but it's a couple. Mainly because on paper, I thought this wouldn't work at all. I genuinely thought that this couple would not work at all. And they work so well. It's like it's magic. How it dear, isn't it? It's Sanguine Cabello. I'm sorry. It's Sanguine Cabello. They are my favorite couple because I did not. I remember writing it thinking this is amazing. And then I remember reading it being like, this is going to suck. Eli's going to kill me. Eli's going to kill me for giving him this. He's going to be like, what the fuck kind of character is this? Like, why? Good thing I'm voicing too, because I can make up for it. And then I heard their dialogue again. And I was just like, God damn it. They bring such a smile to my face every goddamn time. That being said, they're my favorite romantic couple. Oh. My favorite couple is the Brad and the Chad. <laughs> <laughs> because goddamn, if I'm not a sucker for the entire conversation leading up to Rodney. And their argument about dogs. <laughs> but I I do I love all my all the characters for different reasons. But yes, I kinda have to go with like um I'm always gonna go for characters that make me smile because when stuff gets too heavy and too serious, I'm one of those people where it's like, ah. Stop making me reflect on my own life choices. So I've got I gotta have that humor in there for me to to really grab on to because then I can separate myself from things. If that makes sense, I hope that did. Yeah, it it, it makes total sense. But uh, to to be fair, Bruce is everyone's favorite character. Let's be honest. No, he's not the Brads. <laughs> Stand him. Oh man, that was that was tough. And all to all the performers, I'm talking about the characters written on paper. Please do not hate me. I love you all. This was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please don't hate me. Uh, please hate me. I'm the one who came up with the question. <laughs> um, last uh, question I got for you before we get into uh, the fun part of this. Uh, can fun we for you. <laughs> What? It's fun. Okay, okay, okay. Um, can we expect the extractors coming to Vimeo in uh, summer 2023? And if it doesn't, will you be willing to curse yourself and free the penguin from his prison? Uh, you can expect it to come out to Vimeo tw summer 2023. Um, hopefully, alongside that is the safe for work version. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, alongside that is the safe for work version. God, I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like how uh, hopefully coming Christmas is the safe for work version of once, twice, two times a Christmas. What stuff do I have to do for you? <laughs> um, but um, actually, actually, like. Aside, do we do you have all those recordings or do like I need to go back and like we have to have another session? There's somewhere. Okay, all right. Let they me weren't they weren't saved where I needed them to be saved, but I know they're somewhere. Anyway, uh 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd curse myself or I'd free the penguin. I won't do both. Oh, oh, so you're not that confident in yourself. Oh, sorry to hear that. No, okay, fine. I'll free the penguin, damn it. <laughs> um, and I right, say well, that because the penguin will never be free because it's coming out summer 2023. Oh, or is it? Who knows? Um, dun, dun, dun. Bar- barring, um, I do want to wait one caveat. If an additional family crisis happens, the deal is off. Oh, <laughs> an additional family crisis, apart from all the other ones that I know about. Yes. Has happened. Okay, so um, ba- basically, we need to make sure that the producer's Xbox does not go into the vat of acid that I want. After to the release date, sure. Okay, not all right, before. perfect, perfect. Not perfect. before. September, September, September. Okay. Uh, first September. first day of fall, whenever that is. Yeah, September 21st, 22nd, somewhere in there. Um, um, so in the, in the show notes, I'm seeing whose line is it anyway. What the hell is this? Yeah, so um, just hell? because this is a teaser and I'm a glorified South Pole loving dick, I thought it'd be fun <laughs> to reveal some uh, behind the scenes fun with the extractors. Oh, uh, no. You know, given given that I gave life to Feldman, created Shad, and co-created Brad from our previous work histories, I was given a lot of uh, creative freedom mm-hmm. uh, with their dialogue, both in the booth and, of course, uh, Miri has written gems for them as well. What Miri doesn't know is I kept a log of who did what with those characters. I don't I believe want- you. I do not I believe want- you kept a log. And I want to know how well Miri knows her own style. So I've selected five lines or exchanges. And for each one, I want you to tell me if it's a line you made or a line that I made. Uh, now, because this is a Clam Jammer special, I have to ask Miri, do you want to take it through the mouth or up the butt? I don't, did you actually keep a log? Yes. Like in Excel and everything? It, wa- it wasn't in Excel. I just copied I copied these scenes uh, into a Word doc. No! <laughs> I thought you made this up. I didn't know you no, actually did. Oh, I, I've legitimately done it. <laughs> That's not cool, man. It's not cool. <laughs> it used to be cool. <laughs> I know, I'm not cool. I was hoping you made this whole section up. Shit, now I gotta no, actually this think. Is, this is real. This is legit. Oh, God. Um, but do you want to take it through the mouth or up the butt? Oh, through the mouth. Why not? Perfect. Um, now, do you want me to do the voices? Will that help you or not? Whatever you, you're in the mood for. Like, if your voice Perfect. is up for it, sure. Perfect. So who wrote the line? Oh, you two really know how to ruin a mood, don't you? All right, whose turn is it to give me a foot rub? Yeah, I feel like that's a trick question. Because I remember writing the first half of that, but I do not remember writing the second half of that. I think it's a trick question. It's not a trick question. It is um, one of them. It's one or the other. Fuck. Yeah. I think it's you. It's actually you. No! It was, it was I in, did? Yes, it was in the original script. I couldn't believe Shit, it either. I did. Oh, my God. I, I, I couldn't believe it either because I, I was like, really? 
I did both, not. You're going to try there. Yes, you did. Because I'm like, really? <laughs> um, and then so I had to add in a, I had to add in a section about a hostage because I'm like, because it ended originally on the foot rub. Then so I edited the uh, session about, do we not have a hostage for this situation? I uh, and then did. The brand I the, really yes. Not. I wrote that. Oh yep. my god. Um, okay. See, I could have sworn the second question was you. Jeez. No. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Next line. The Brad is displeased. The Brad wanted to kick the dog. That's you. No. No, I did not write that. No, that was you. No, I did yeah. not. Yes, you no. did. So. No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> Oh, no, I feel so bad for writing that. Yeah. I feel so bad. Um, oh. Okay, the, the next one. I think this is one that's going to be easy that you're going to get. Okay. The chat suspect that Brad has never woken up naked on Pismal Beach, sandwiched between a supermodel, German Shepherd, and a British bloke named Rodney. Two heads penetrated the chat's head in Untamed Underground, but which two he shall never know. <laughs> that had to be you. That was me. <laughs> I, I like how you didn't include the addition we made when you were recording this. Yeah, the Rodney. All Can right. you do a... <laughs> I should love it so much, but I do. Yeah. Um, misguided first-year liberal arts students who want to attempt to look deep in the shameless attempt to get pussy. I think that's you. It is me. Oh, good. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and fi and finally, the last line is, the Brad lives in darkness, but does not want to die. Is that me? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that one, that one I have a story, that one I have a story over because I lost my shit when I saw that line. Like, I, I burst out laughing oh you did the first, the first time the first time i saw that light i'm like oh my god he, he lives in darkness he doesn't care but he does not want to die he absolutely fears the crap out of death he's batman yeah <laughs> uh and like oh I, I i almost pissed my pants like trying to do a dry run of that line Took me like five or six times before I could actually do it. And that was before I got into the booth with you. I, I've 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 wanted to I've wanted to tell you that for quite a long time. So I'm so glad you got that one right. I'm so happy I made you laugh. Yeah. That's a rarity for me. Um so next up, I'm going to give you a passage that both of us wrote. Oh, I want you to pinpoint the line. Where Miri ended and Crabsworth began. Okay. The chat and the brat are not butterflies. The brat and the chat are men. Manly men. Mansplaining manly men. Mansplaining well-endowed manly men. The brat isn't that well-endowed. Really? But it flows so well with the brat's getup. It's a prosthetic. <laughs> I think... See, I think the last thing I wrote was the Brad and the chat are men, and then at manly men, it switches to you. No, you're very close. Where did this happen? Manly men. Oh, at manly men. Okay, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, so you wrote, you wrote Manly Man. I did not expect me to be the one who wrote Manly Man. <laughs> and then I, I just decided to write Mansplaining Manly Man. Which is awesome. Yeah, and then Mansplaining Well and Down. Because I'm like, I don't want to end it Mansplaining. It sounds too much of a dick move for the two of them. Yes. So to, to aim it up as the brat has a prosthetic down there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was that was way more funny to me. <laughs> but it flows so well with the brats. Yeah, <laughs> it's a prosthetic. <laughs> um, so next up is uh, true or false. Uh, this is the spot where Mary takes the quiz, but Mary can always make me look bad in editing if she wants to, because none of this is edited uh, altogether. Um, I know the answers right now. Um, you do? But, but that could easily change when this actually comes to uh, fruition. Uh-huh. So um, here's a bit of trivia for you. Uh, Thomas is the only one who sings Mr. Lonely by uh, Bobby Vinton in the script. It's a beautiful song if you haven't heard it. Yes. But he is not the only one who sang it in recording. True or false? Okay, so True... Thomas is yes. the only one in the script. Yeah. He is not the only one who sang it in recording. Is it true. false? No, it's true. Wait, what? Who else sang it? Feldman, um, because oh, we were doing shit. the intro. And then um, just off the top, I, I was just like, I got distracted and I couldn't find the page. I'm like, oh, shoot. Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vincent. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use this. Lonely, oh, I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody to call my. Woo <laughs> oh yeah, but, like, it was. Shit. Um. Ah, now I feel uh, bad because that's staying. By the way, that's already stayed. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So um, that's in there. So. The Chad's love of animals was thought up on the spot because we thought it'd be funny. On the spot as in extractors or yes. on the spot as in in general? No, on the spot as in extractors. I don't think it was thought up on the spot in extractors. I thought we came up with that beforehand. That is correct. Yeah, because uh, after this, we, we are doing uh, Rhymes with Fun Season 2, which is going to be full podcast instead yeah, of the... Uh, the Brad and the Chad. Yeah, instead of the video version. Um, but don't worry, I have Brad and the Chad miniature figures that I'll be taking pictures for for promo. Oh my god. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be cute. Uh, yeah, no, I, not for the extractors. Not for the extractors. So I'm glad no. I got that right. Um, so Cloris Feldman had at one time or another three different sex scenes planned. True or false? Uh, I mean, there was always going to be a sex scene for you because you complained so much from once times, three times at Christmas <laughs> that, that you didn't get one. You were like, I'm the only one who doesn't have one. And I was like, excuse me, I, I don't have one either. I, I was in character when I was complaining. Hey, you were still complaining. So there there was the 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 thought and I was like, well, should we do one with Chloris? But it just, it didn't make sense to bring in any character 
to have sex with Chloris. And then the fact is, is you have this whole like thing about how angry Feldman is that she doesn't have a sex scene. And I was like, that just works too well. Um, That being said, because you provided me with some additional audio to use on a loop, technically speaking, you do have a sex scene. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So honestly, you've given me the exact answer that I've got here. So that's perfect. Um, the line, the line, Bruce, the chat chat has a treat treat for you is in the official script. True or false? Oh, in the script? Yeah. I don't think it's in the script. I think it's It's false. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It was, um, that was, um, because I was doing a morning session. Uh, I think I, I think I got a peach Bellini by mistake instead of, uh ginger ale from my throat oh and so i chugged the peach bleeding and i'm like okay you know what <laughs> i like it it's staying yeah. like a lot of your riffs are staying um howard helen jonathan crestwood and octavia were all planned to cameo in the earliest script of the extractors true or false fuck i don't remember man i want to say false yeah false oh okay that was a good guess you you never had the idea of anyone cameoing except potentially helen when it would have been revealed that chloris feldman was the person who originally gave helen cancer Yes. Um, I, I remember you were mulling around that idea for a while. Um, yeah, I did. There, there were a lot of ideas going on. Um, see, I can't talk about like the my favorite thing that I did with Feldman because that would ruin the ending of the whole project, and the project's not out yet. Yeah. No, no, that that makes sense. But um, yeah. In all of the planning talks, at least that I've had, and I know some of them that Eli has had, uh, there was never a thought to bringing back Howard, Crestwood, or Octavia. Because their stories are pretty well thought. Yeah. Well, um, Octavia and Crestwood's anyway. Howard can always just show up and talk about Tuna Fish. I don't know. uh, I have been, I don't know when I would ever have time doing this but i have wanted to take once twice three times at christmas and make a full-fledged book (laughs) um and then you know ideally it's a hit and then we can bring everybody back from the voice cast to do the audiobook (laughs) so uh and because i because i have more pull with you i'd be like what's your best narrator voice you get to be the narrator as well (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm surprised you wouldn't get um, whoever played Santa to be the narrator of that. I don't know if anyone can handle the Santa voice as the narrator voice the whole time. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's the yeah. So yeah, extractors coming. I'm I'm both excited and terrified. (laughs) <laughs> in, a, in a way I, I haven't felt in a very long time. It's not even, it's not stage fright. It's not stage nerves or anything. It's it's more, 
it's more akin to like uh, the rare work project that you actually feel attachment to and you don't want management to scrap it. Like those very, <laughs> very rare, rare moments in your life where that happens. That That's how I feel right now. But I, I, I think there is something there for everybody. Um, like I said, I do apologize that it's like very heteronormative couples. It's just how it rolled, how it worked out. Uh, but I will say, like I said, there's something there for everybody. And if you don't necessarily want to hear the sex scenes, I will be marking what safe for work episodes there are. There might still be swearing, but because I've been in work environments where you can swear, but there won't be any sex. And I, I do highly recommend you listen to them because there are some golden comedic moments there that that just need to be heard. So are you going to be releasing it as an episodic or are you going to be releasing it as a full? Um, so I'm going to be releasing it in the binge model. So okay. it will be episodes, but all at once. Okay. So the you can you can binge it from the beginning. Uh, I do also recommend you listen to the recap if you haven't read or listened oh. to everything that is connected into this. Also, because our very own little Nathan Crabsworth did it for me on a whim. I think I wrote, I gave you notes that I wrote yeah. in 15 minutes and then you took it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so don't blame me if the recap is bad. <laughs> blame me yeah. uh yeah i don't yeah i'm i'm hoping we can do this again because uh yeah. shore is the other half of clam jammers and eli is a frequent collaborator so i was hoping to get all four of us after release to do like a bit of a, a chit chat yeah let's do it so well keep your eyes out for that um but yeah summer 2023 Yay! Uh, are you excited? I uh, like I said, I'm I'm a combo of excited and terrified. Like <laughs> I also because I know this is the last time I do a big audio project like this. Um, it zapped me completely. This one, because um, I think I when I started writing this as scripts, I was doing one to two a week. Um, and then I started writing different things, which took longer, but I was still keeping up a high thing. And then I concentrated on this project and I just, it's been like maybe once every two months I've released a script now, like it took a lot out of me. So I'm, I'm very hopeful everybody likes it. It's my baby. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, extractors coming out summer 2023. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you like us, if you want to support us, uh, www.deathpixie.ca, best way to do so. You can even uh, buy co coffee or hot chocolate for Miri on Patreon. <laughs> um, seriously, do it. It would be hilarious to get Miri here on a sugar high. Everybody wants Miri on a sugar high. Yeah. Just imagine we get Eli back, we get Shore back, I'm back, you're back. You're on a sugar high, and the rest of us are just trying to contain the little ball of energy. <laughs> I think that'd be a lot of fun. I do too. Uh, yeah. On that note, um, thank you very much, everybody. Summer 2023. Um, also, 2023. Shout out to Jerry. Jerry. 
We love you, Jerry. Boy from Kazakhstan, you've always been there for us. Yep, you have. It means so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.